What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, and today on the Monday, November 15th, 2021 edition of Locked on Dolphins, we've let the dust settle on a primetime victory Thursday night football for your Miami Dolphins. And we're going to be talking about how that victory is changing my perspective for the rest of the season. Buckle in. It's Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at DraftNetwork.com. Your host here on Locked on Dolphins, and very, very excited to have had the weekend to, A, get my voice back after, nope, being there uh, for both of the the Dolphins' last uh, two home games, two victories nonetheless. And I really appreciate the fans on Twitter who are calling for a GoFundMe to send me to every Dolphins game uh, for the rest of the season. I would like everybody to rest easy. I do have tickets for attendance uh, for MetLife Takeover this weekend as the Dolphins play their next game, a showcase against the New York Jets. And you already know what that means. It means it is Jets hate week here on the podcast. We're going to be talking about the Jets quite a bit this week. Uh, suddenly, uh, the, the Dolphins no longer in the cellar in the AFC East. That changed quite quickly, considering eight days ago, the Dolphins had one win, and we're looking up at the New York Jets nevermore. And the New York Jets uh, or a welcome site for a lot of teams across the league over the course uh, of the past month uh, as it pertains to scoring points. And that's going to be a big storyline for this week's showcase as we, the Dolphins, look to figure out exactly what we're doing. You know, over the since the Jets buy, uh, they have allowed 54. 31, 45, and 45 points in four contests. We'll see if the Dolphins can continue that trend, but that's not what today is all about. What today is all about is this Thursday night football victory for the Miami Dolphins and how it is reshaping my expectations for the rest of the season. And this is um, quite the turn of events. The Dolphins in their last two games have conceded 19 points. Uh, They forced six turnovers. They haven't allowed a a hundred yards rushing in four of their last five contests, even going back to Jacksonville, Atlanta, Buffalo, Houston, and Baltimore, there's been a lot of signs of life on the defensive side of the football. And I don't know exactly what the catalyst is, uh, but I do know that it's it's really jumped off uh, the screen at you. When you watch this football team play, this defense, these young guys, all of a sudden there's, there's a lot of life, a lot of energy, a lot of positive momentum that's being built after a comedy of errors for the first 
the, the first, let's call it the first five games of the season and some bad breaks. Obviously, Jacksonville and Atlanta were games decided on the last play of the game, the field goal, as was the Raiders game in overtime in week three. And we could play the coulda, shoulda, woulda, and sit here and feel sorry for it, you know, for the, for the losses that they took on those field goals. And I'm not ready to entertain the P word on the podcast yet. Please, the Dolphins are three and ten. But that's the big turn of events for me coming out of the Baltimore game is every dynamic of this offense, every dynamic of this defense, dynamics of this coaching staff, they're at least showing signs of life. Now, I hate the fact that in year three of a rebuild, you had to have a regression to this degree for the first half of the season to now suddenly be in a point where you feel like you can operate with the aggressiveness that you want. Uh, the offensive line is still a work in progress, to say the least. But uh, the fact that the Dolphins' defense specifically, uh, this is the best case scenario based off how the first eight games of the season went for Brian Flores, the head coach, the last two weeks. Because you, as a football team, were being coached by a defensive-minded head coach. Your defense was awful, abysmally bad for the first half of this season. Well, all of a sudden, you're seeing players be put in more dynamic positions. You know what was really cool about the Baltimore game for me? If you go back and listen to the Thursday episode last week, we talked about building a game plan to beat the Ravens. And I can tell you my game plan did not involve cover zero and pressuring Lamar Jackson 40 freaking times. (laughs) It didn't. But the defensive game plan and the Dolphins actually did a lot of it on the early downs. And that was really cool for me personally to kind of lay out like, Hey, here's what I see in their personnel. Here's what I see in our personnel. So if you go to a a first and 10 for the three quarters of that game, you were going to see Javon Holland in the high post. You were going to see Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on the outside playing half turn cover three. So you had that extra safety down in the box The other safety, Brandon Jones, he's in an overhang position on the second level so that he can scrape and combat with the speed of of the Ravens out of the backfield. And they had that that bare front uh, with Sealer, Davis, and Wilkins. And that was the DNA that I looked at and said, hey, you know, I thought that made sense. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the bat. I'm saying that to recognize the fact that schematically that's putting your guys in position to be successful and then understanding, Hey, we can vice the Ravens. If they're just going to run screens at us to counter our pressure looks, let's get into that. And let's, let's do that until they prove that they can beat that. And they never did. So your identity as a team was always rooted in your defense and that takes no talents. Well, we all obviously know 
the Houston game from a turnovers perspective was a, a comedy of errors. You had 262 yards of offense. You had five turnovers, but you generated four and you won the football game. Thursday night against Baltimore, you had no turnovers. You didn't turn the ball over at all. Now, granted, you were heavily penalized. Uh, you, you got flagged for the pass interference uh, on the deep shot to Hollywood Brown. So that was a little ticky-tacky, to be honest. Um, two of the roughing the passer calls that were called, in my opinion, were jokes. Uh, so that is two-thirds of your penalty yards. You know, the Dolphins were tagged 11 times for 97 yards and penalties. And no turnovers, too? It takes no talent on the primetime stage at home against a very, very good Baltimore Ravens team that's probably going to win a playoff game and potentially win the AFC North. I'm not ready to entertain the P word on the podcast, right? I'm probably two more wins from that. So if you go to MetLife Takeover and you beat the Jets on Jets Hate Week, and then you come home and you beat the Carolina Panthers, and you find yourselves at five and seven with a home game against the Giants, the bye week, and a home game against the Jets, standing potentially between you and being 500 on the season, then I'll be ready to talk about the P word. And then I'm of course talking about the postseason or the playoffs. I'm not ready for that yet. Let's do this one brick at a time, right? Because we can see how hard it is to look at a big picture view and stay objective. But I look at the big picture view for, you know, what this team is going to do this offseason and moving forward. And you still, there, there's no question. Everything that you fundamentally and philosoph philosophically are doing in the offensive side of the ball is going to have to change this offseason, whether it's Tua Tagovailoa or somebody else. You've got to fix that situation, and that is going to involve, in my opinion, a lot of people that are not in the building. But how high up the hierarchy the changes go is going to depend, in my opinion, on if the defensive side of the ball keeps playing like this, you do string wins together, we cannot forget about the fundamental issues that exist with this football team. But at the very least, if the defensive coaching staff is able to get this performance, this caliber of a performance out of the defense week in and week out the rest of the year, then we have to acknowledge that improvement and say, okay, explain to us, if I'm Stephen Ross, Explain to me what the difference was from the first half of the season versus the second half of the season. And if that can logically make sense in the assessment of head coach Brian Flores at the end of the year, if this kind of performance continues, he's going to have a strong, much stronger case, in my opinion, to continue to forge forward, but only if he has the answers and the people to tap into to bring in on the other side of the ball to get the offense right, period. 
Today, I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So before I go into uh, a continued look, and I'd like to talk about Tua Tagovailoa uh, a little bit more in depth for the rest of this season. But before I do that, a couple big picture views for uh, the Miami Dolphins that I think are relevant for us all. Does everybody remember uh, all of that hand-wringing that existed with the fan base regarding the Chris Greer decision to send his own one away and keep the San Francisco 49ers amid the trade? And uh, I do chuckle that you still see people kind of thinking they've made an aha realization that the Dolphins traded away top five pick as part of the deal for Jalen Waddle. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's only been hammered and beat into the ground for two months already. You know what? <laughs> I watched Tua Tagovailoa hit Jalen Waddle on a deep corner route down the field in the critical juncture of the game. And Jalen Waddle continues to be a highly productive football player. I'm sure Devontae Smith played a great football game for the Eagles yesterday. Jamar Chase, the Bengals are on a bye. He's a perfectly good football player, but you know what? So is Jalen Waddle. If that's the guy that they wanted, and that was the guy that was going to be catering best to what their needs were as a team, let's let the dust settle. And here's why you let the dust settle. I'm on tankathon.com right now. The Philadelphia Eagles pick, courtesy of the Miami Dolphins, is currently ranked number fifth. The Dolphins are the only three and seven football team in the NFL right now. The San Francisco 49ers, who, of course, the Dolphins own their first round pick, are the NFL's only three and five football team right now. Because they play tonight and they play against the Los Angeles Rams, who are one of the best teams in football. And the Rams are coming off a loss. So let's say for argument's sake, uh, the Rams go into San Francisco and take care of business this evening and beat the San Francisco 49ers, pushing the 49ers to three and six on the season. Does anybody know where that San Francisco 49ers pick is going to be in the draft order as of midnight Sixth, if San Francisco loses to the Rams, that means the Dolphins will have traded back at this juncture with a lot of ball game left this season. will have traded back one spot versus what their own draft pick is. The teams that are three and six, the New York Giants, sixth in the draft order. Reminder, Miami's original pick that belongs to the Eagles is fifth. The Giants, sixth. The New York Jets, courtesy of the Seattle Seahawks, three and six. That's the seventh pick. The New York Giants, courtesy of the Chicago Bears with the Justin Fields trade in the eighth spot, three and six. The Washington football team, three and six in the ninth spot. 
If San Francisco loses and falls to three and six, their strength of schedule is worse than all of those teams, which means that pick will fall in front of all of those teams back to sixth in the standings. Two weeks ago, it was, oh my gosh, the Dolphins traded away potential number one pick or a top three pick. And they're going to be picking in the teens. We went over this on the podcast already, but it's it's happened quicker than we thought. Now, granted, San Francisco next week plays Jacksonville. Probably a win. But after that, Minnesota, Seattle. Seattle's in shambles right now. Minnesota just beat the Chargers in the midst of a playoff race in the NFC. I'd pick Minnesota at home against San Francisco at Seattle. So you got to travel. That's a road game in, in a primetime slot, Sunday night football. At Cincinnati, you're still going to play the Rams and Titans in the, that stretch too for San Francisco. I'm telling you, man, don't be surprised if the draft pick storyline that everybody hammered goes up in smoke real quick. But let's talk about Tua Tungvalo. Obviously came into the game uh, against the Baltimore Ravens in the second half very early on. Um, the difference in dynamic, I had posted a film clip on Sunday night, and it was of Robert Hunt in pass protection. And it was the possession at the end of the first half. Uh, which they had the big plays from Isaiah Ford, and they get down there and they kick the field goal. And it was Robert Hunt just claiming a man's rib cage as his own private property. Uh, just crushing hit in pass, bro. I love it. He does it every week. But there were some, some comments or reposts of that that were focused on the throw from Jacoby Brissett, and I don't know why. Is anybody pretending like Jacoby Brissett's a, a quality quarterback? We all kind of know what Jacoby Brissett is, right? He doesn't have a lot of anticipation. He's got a long delivery. His feet are heavy, so his ac- accuracy is compromised by it. But he's big, strong, and he, he can shrug off a guy in the pocket. And you know if he's on his platform, he can push the ball down the field. Who's trying to make Jacoby Brissett into something that he's not, that we still have to lash out at Jacoby Brissett in favor of Tua? Like, we know he's bad. We know he's not a quality starting quarterback. Whereas Tua, I understand he's a polarizing prospect. He's the best option the Dolphins have right now. Clearly the best option. And his accuracy was compromised early on in the game. When he went into the football game, I don't know what the miscommunication was with Mike Gusecki, where it looked like he was expecting Mike to sit, and and he threw a sit, and Mike kept running through it, and it was to nobody. And you have more procedural errors with Tua because he's a younger quarterback, and getting everything aligned isn't always consistent with him. But the skill set that he does have, the quick release, the quick feet in the pocket, the general agility within the pocket, throwing on the move, 
anticipation he's no question if he's healthy enough to dress we'll say it again if he's healthy enough to dress he's healthy enough to play period and I don't I don't I don't see any especially with how Tua handled coming into the game against Baltimore Especially when you consider he when he first came into the game, Miles Gaskin got railroaded by Patrick Queen, and Tua got lit up on one of his first plays because Gaskin got blown up. I don't see any pathway other than if Tua physically cannot play that you can legitimately look your team in the face and say Tua's not going to play. Because that is the most fascinating dynamic to me about Brian Flores, the stabilization of his job based on the defensive performance the last two weeks. Everything that that Brian Flores has legitimized for himself based on how well his defense has played over the last three, three weeks or so, if that, assuming that maintains itself simultaneously the other side of the ball that judgment and protecting him from himself and blah 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 and he can't hit all the throws the throw to to albert wilson to ice the game was a money throw it wasn't a bomb down the field the one to Jalen bottle that was a money throw he had two money throws 20 plus yards downfield and we said he can't hit those throws so he can't play I mean, Tua completely say what you will about Tua and what you think his upside is. And and he blew up that narrative based on those couple of throws. Now, I think we also need to be honest about the, the durability aspect of Tua. And we need to see the procedural offense stuff get better. The procedural stuff needs to continue to improve as far as alignment, anticipation, getting into the right plays at the line of scrimmage, continuing to improve through the rate and consistency of your progressions. And again, that's why I was so miffed that you didn't play him against Houston because, okay, he might have some limitations when you try to push the ball 20 yards downfield. Not that you do that with any level of consistency as an offense anyway, but you need to continue to watch him get reps at those other things. You give him opportunities to improve in those areas. Trade deadlines come and gone. Nobody else is coming through the door. This is the guy you got. So why don't you get the best possible picture that you can between now and the end of the season? I can tell you the best possible picture. My cabinet features a lot of built bar and a built bar is a protein bar. that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They got hundred percent chocolate on all their bars. They're absolutely positively delicious. Right now you can visit builtbar.com. Use promo code lock 15 and save 15% off your next order. That's builtbar.com promo code lock 15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. With a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action. 
this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it is where the game starts. I want to give uh, a couple of uh, shout outs here to end the show. Uh, obviously, the, the Friday, the Thursday night recording after the game was fueled off of adrenaline uh, as much as anything else. Uh, but the trip down to Miami this past week was a terrific experience. And I got a chance to meet a lot of great people. And I want to shout out uh, some some people that I did meet. But I also want to acknowledge those of you who I never got back to. Uh, these opportunities, being somebody who's not in the market full time, uh, lives out of the market. It's always great to hear and, and see and link up with as many of you as possible. But the uh, the volume if we could find a way to clone a day and fit two in one, I'd probably get to see a lot more of you than I would have loved to, but any, any and every time you guys know that I am coming to a game, please continue to hit me up, reach out to me. And I want to hit and find and meet as many of you as I possibly can. But there was one gentleman who I met this past Thursday, who was such a treat for me to talk to. Let's call him Bob and Bob, uh, has been attending games upon games upon games for the Miami Hurricanes and the Miami Dolphins for a very long time. And he told me a tremendous story about one time the Dolphins uh, practicing in St. Thomas. And um, <laughs> he said he, he was a young Dolphins fan at the time, and he climbed up a tree to uh, – take some pictures of Dolphins practice as a, as a fan of the team. And uh, next thing he knows, uh, coach Don Chula is talking to somebody that comes and kicks him out of the tree and confiscates his camera. Um, thinking that he, they were, were spying. I think he said they were playing the Raiders or something like that. And Bob proceeds to, to share that, you know, he, he'd seen Shula many, many times over the course of the rest of uh, his time as a fan and, and Shula's co time coaching the team. But he admitted to me, he said, you know, I, I could never bring myself <laughs> to tell him that I was the guy in the tree taking pictures and I was just a fan trying to get a look at the Dolphins while well, he kicked me out thinking there was some kind of espionage going on. But Bob, um, he was there for the 85 Bears game. He was there for the Doug Flutie Hail Mary miracle. He was there for the, the longest game, the divisional game against the Chargers with the hook and lateral. It uh, was really, really cool to talk to him about some of his experiences. And that kind of embodies what's so special for me about those trips and this fan base is there are so many. You know, Dolphins fans get hammered in the national media or you know, being fair weather fans are not caring. But every time I come down, there's guys like Bob who love this team, live and breathe and die this team every year. And I wanted to shout him out. And I want to shout out each and every one of you for continuing to keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. That's going to do it for today's show. 
Jets Hate Week is officially on. So strap up. Let's get ready. We're going hunting for another dub. And uh, we're going to talk about how the Dolphins can accomplish that and some of the other storylines going into this game. The rest of the week fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins.